I've been a big Purple fan for many years, ever since I was a little kid. I'm not such a fan of Andy McDowell. I've, I feel that she's a little bit wooden, but yes, she, yes. she wasn't able to ruin that movie. It's, t- <laughs> it's a film about a man who's having kind of a crisis in his life. When he looks in the mirror, his, even his reflection is turning against him. Hey, uh, I'm Scotty Pearson from Element OP, and this is the New Zealand Entertainment Podcast. Welcome to another festive episode of New Zealand Entertainment Podcast, and uh, Jared's with me today again. Jared, as per usual, that's really funny because he says that every week. Jared's here today, uh, like it's something new. Um, but yes, here I am again, well, in this uh, reverberating, nice echo chamber-like office, and it's nice and clean too. It's uh, lovely to join you again. Very, very spatial. Yeah, you're right. And because of the, we don't have video yet, I have to make those little tag associations. But today we've also got another head in here, another voice that you'll hear about. It's uh, Paddy Buckley, uh, MD from Quick Flicks New Zealand. Welcome, Paddy. Well, thanks a lot. Great to be here. Excellent. We are in your uh, gracious, awesome uh, boardroom office here. And uh, we just noticed uh, lately on, on the Quick Flicks uh, website, you've, you've added a whole lot of uh, new New Zealand and local Kiwi content on there. Um, we've got the first three seasons of Nothing Trivial. There's even Margaret Mayhew's Kaitanga to Twitch uh, children's program. What's been the, the spearhead or, or the, the idea around introducing all the local content for you? Well, it's something that we've always been wanting to do. Um, I think that if uh, you launch a, a service in any country, I think it's important to uh, give it a local flavour. I think in the case of New Zealand, uh, you know, there's so so much uh, content out there that is you know high quality and of real interest to uh, viewers. That it, you know, this is something that we've always been looking to do. We actually launched. Um, some content a few months ago. So our first wave of Kiwi content was uh, Outrageous Fortune and Go Girls. Um, so this is a sort of this is actually a third wave because after that we followed up with the whole of Brotown. Um, so so we've had some pretty good stuff up there already. Then we saw that that was just going bananas and everyone was watching it. And even though it's not brand new, uh, Brotown in particular, you know, it still feels really fresh. Uh, it's still as still as funny as ever. Uh, a lot of people maybe, for example, picked up Outrageous Fortune in series three, series four or something like that so they can watch you know watch watch around that and you know and it just means that actually um you know that's the beauty of on demand ultimately is you're not at the mercy of the of the scheduler and you don't have to wait for you know tv3 to decide to run a repeat or whatever you can just say oh there it is i missed that i'm gonna dip back in so i guess the background was you know we had two successful waves of kiwi content and then you know we just wanted to go that step further and 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 put a put a load more stuff up there so we've done that now and um you know that's not going to be the end Keep it cute, we say. And uh, when me and Jared turn up to interview, some people think we're like Brotown as well, eh, Jared? Well, you look particularly Brotown. Eh? There, isn't there an uncle with a, with a haircut the same as yours? For those people who can't see, like we can, a clean billy, billiard ball, uh, nice and shiny head. Now, but what's the, what's the difference between SVOD and pay per view? Patty, give us your take on this. So, uh, yeah, look, it, this is something, it's a good question because there's, um, there's growing amount, of, growing amount of interest in, in streaming generally and on demand. And, um, 
I guess the, I guess the main distinction is between SVOD, as you called it, which is subscription video on demand. So that is simply a model where it's like on the music side, it's like a Spotify or something like that. You pay, in our case, it's twelve ninety nine a month, and you get a pool of content, and you can watch as much as you want, as often as you want. So we we offer movies and we offer TV, and um, yeah, twelve ninety nine a month. Um, so that's that's the simple. That's a simple subscription model. We also then offer a pay-per-view model. Now, the pay-per-view model is for latest release movies. So a movie studio generally won't actually license brand-new release movies to the likes of us to put into a a back catalogue of subscription content. That's just not how it works. So the pay-per-view side is more like an iTunes, where you can rent a new release movie for 48 hours and, you know, $6.99, that sort of thing. And... um, and that's a different model. But the key point that, that I like to make clear is that you don't actually need to be a subscriber yeah. to watch the pay-per-view stuff. The pay-per-view is standalone. You can come, you can go, and you just you watch a movie. Uh, now, a lot of our subscribers also watch the brand-new release movies. So right now it could be Captain America or Maleficent or you know, 22 Jump Street. Those are the, those kind of big movies that have just come out. Um, and, uh, some, you know, and it's a mix, really, of the public uh, generally and our subscribers um, who want to sort of top up with you know, brand-new stuff. And you can even um, access some of your content on PS4 or PlayStation and Xbox. Is that correct? That is correct. So um, you can. So in terms of our, uh, just to explain a little bit more, the what we call our platform. Yeah. So we have an application embedded on Samsung smart TVs, Panasonic smart TVs, uh, LG, and Sony. So all the big four brands. And when I say smart TVs, actually also like the, the connected or uh, Blu-ray players, home theater systems, and all of those kinds of stuff. So we cover all the smart TVs, and then we've got an iOS app and an Android app. So we cover tablets and smartphones and so on, and the game consoles, PlayStation Three, PlayStation. PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Xbox 360, so the major consoles as well. Um, so, yeah, we like to think we're pretty much everywhere. We also have an app for Windows 8. Uh, we are, we're optimized for Chromecast, um, which is a little Google stick that you can you know, put in the back of your TV. Um, so, and you can cast from your, you know, your smartphone or your tablet onto, onto the TV, so that's pretty cool. Um, so we think we cover pretty much all bases in terms of the devices, and we like to think we cover the bases in terms of the product as well. You can choose the subscription, you can choose the pay-per-view, you know, a bit of everything there. I think I've got, I have about three of those ten devices. What do you, what do you got, Jared? Uh, PlayStation? Yeah, I've got at least two of them. Not PlayStations, but two of those devices mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think it works on the PlayStation I'm 1, though. TV and uh, computer and tablet. I've got four and they sound good, yeah. It sounds really good. It sounds much more attractive than the conventional sources that we've had in the past, and it sounds a lot more lucrative. You mean like the Commodore 64? No, no, no. I'm talking about television broadcasts, and I won't, I won't go into details of, of which ones, but it sounds like a way, way better deal, especially if you've got um, you know, broadband unlimited at home, sitting there around at home doing nothing. Uh, it's perfect. Well, there's, there's a ton, a rife of uh, video on demand services. We've got the New Zealand Film Commission's one, New Zealand Film on Demand. Um, video Easy just come out now with, a, with an app as well for smart TVs and Lightbox are now on, uh, have an app as well on TVs. Um, I suppose what, the point of difference, uh, what exclusives do you guys have? And I, I hear there's quite a, a dark exclusive that you guys have got. So I hesitate to use the word exclusive because it, it will actually be available, I think, on, in one or two areas uh, or on other uh, services as well. But we've got the Dark Horse coming to QuickFlix, which is really exciting, on uh, 10th of December. Uh, so that, so that, that's, that's a new release movie, so it'll be a pay-per-view. That means that, that it's open to you know, the whole of the country to just come and... Come and um, 
you know, register with us and just set up and watch it. No ongoing commitment, no subscription or anything. They just come and come and watch it. Um, so that's really exciting. I think it's just a film that's really captured the imagination. Um, you know, a lot of people are saying it's the best Kiwi film in you know many many years. I heard it was a, it was a movie to bring the nation together, Patty. Yeah, well, look, I, I'd love to bring the, uh, high praise. I'd love to bring the nation together. Uh, you know, on quick flicks, that would be that would be great. Yep. Yeah. Monumental, yeah, well said. I'm glad you didn't say men on the end of that, monumental. Hey, listen, it's time now for our first New Zealand Entertainment Podcast headlines, entertainment headlines. Um, we've got the honours for the keyboard. You play the keyboard, Paddy? I'll have a go. Well, we've got our Casio tone here. All you need to do is press the demo button to engage the music. Ready? Yep. Oh, sorry, did I accidentally... Uh, Where's the speaker? <laughs> We're going to be going to uh, Paddy now. Instead of the news headlines, we will be uh, asking him Paddy Buckley's favourite three movies from the man himself. Paddy, I hope you're ready for this. Here we go. Over to you. So, uh, look, that's a really tricky question. Um, you know, favourite movies of all time or the most recent movies or movies on quick flicks or, you know, I'm just going to say one of my favourite movies is The Big Lebowski. Um, oh, ha- Handshake. So it's, actually, it's on quick flicks, um, but it's also, I just love the Coen brothers. Uh, I could name two or three of just of their films. You know, Fargo is being whispered, but yeah, look, that's great. That's actually also on quick flicks. And that, yeah, those, those are wonderful films. Um, so, so that would be one. Yep. One of the early comedy films I, I remember loving was Groundhog Day because I love, I love Bill Murray. I'm just a big fan. Uh, if I'm really honest, I'm not such a fan of Andy McDowell. I, I feel that she's a little bit wooden, but she, she wasn't able to ruin that movie. It's, t- <laughs> it's still really funny. So, so Bill Murray is, is a hero for sure. Yeah, that brings to mind a few actresses, though. That it was, what was it, Stella? What was it, Stella? <laughs> Um, oh, well, Interstellar. Interstellar. Yeah, Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Anne Hathaway. She was the wooden ass. I wasn't going to say her name, but she wasn't able to completely ruin that movie either. So. We like a wooden. Wooden. Okay, that's two down. One, two down. Big Lebrowski, Groundhog Day, and number three. Winner winners there. I agree with both of those. And now for number three. Number three, I, I'm going to say Get Shorty. Now that's not, I mean, it, I think most people like that film, but I love that film. I love it because secret, secretly I just really wanted John Travolta to do really well, you know, in this sort of comeback, Pulp Fiction and so on, you know. But the real thing is that Elmore Leonard wrote, wrote the book, uh, and, and I, I, I love his books. Um, and he, he's, I don't know how much you know about him, I, I uh, will now betray the fact that I don't know perhaps as much as I've just suggested I do. But, um, but, but. But what he, what he is, I think, he, I think he's dead, but, but he, he died reasonably recently, and, and he was a pretty old guy, and he would write this dialogue in his books, and you'd read it, and you'd think, this guy's, you know, just a young, trendy guy writing about hip-hop and all sorts of things, and he's a sort of 70 or 80-year-old American guy writing unbelievable dialogue, and then, and then it just, it sort of translated brilliantly into the film for me, and, and there's a really good cast in that movie, you know, as well as John Travolta, Rene Russo, and Danny DeVito, and so on, Dennis Farina, who's a classic actor yeah. so so i just love that movie and it made me laugh and um and as i say it's based on a book that i love so there you go there you go there you go patty yeah, buckley actually very three good comedies aren't they oh, but mate well yes. written comedies yes, yeah, yes, yeah. classics yeah very nice nice patty nice working out there on the top uh, top three favorite movies okay patty buckley md from uh quick flicks new zealand uh and you can check out the service online quickflix.co.nz yep. that's right 
Where else? So, yep, um, just to rehash, uh, on the website and then on smart TVs, game consoles, tablets, uh, iOS and Android, uh, Windows 8, pretty much you name it, you'll find us there. Thanks for coming along and pushing the play button on the Ocasio tone. Um, now, the Show Me Shorts Film Festival started. I don't know if you've heard anything about that, Paddy. I know a little bit about that. Yep, yep, yep. Well, we were lucky to talk to Gina Delabarca, who's like the, the, the festival director for Show Me Shorts Film Festival. And uh, we've got a little bit of an interview coming up. And uh, this is what transpired with Gina. Well, we're at the movies today, and the short uh, Show Me Shorts Film Festival, we're here with Gina Della Barca, the film festival director. Hello, Gina. Hi, well, nice to meet you. <laughs> I can smell, I can just to paint a picture, I can smell the wafting of peppermint tea coming through, permeating through the uh, the, the interview here. <laughs> and a little bit of traffic fumes floating out from the street. <laughs> and not to mention, that's right, traffic fumes and a protest. Yeah, there's a protest march going right past us while we speak. <laughs> Hopefully you'll be able to hear us over the protesting. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we sure will. We'll try our best anyway. But um, Show Me Shorts Film Festival, um, 41 short films, six music videos, shown in 20 cinemas around the country from Matakana, which is kind of North Aucklandy, you know, northerly, to Stuart Island. You've even got a, a, a theatre down there showing your movie. Yeah, that's right. It's pretty exciting. Um, you know, you know you're know, you truly nationwide when you get a screening in Stuart Island. Who even knew there was a cinema down there? It's great, though. Never, I never, and I had to ask that question because just to clarify, there is a movie theatre in Stewart Island, and also it's also Show Me Shorts Festival is also the only film festival that's Academy Award accredited, and so the winner from the Best Film Award can submit the entry into the 2016 Academy Awards. That's amazing. Yeah, that's right. So. Um we're just really honoured to have Academy Awards accreditation. It means that our best film winner is eligible to enter the Oscars. And it puts Show Me Shorts in the same category as big international festivals like Melbourne, Cannes, Venice, in terms of being able to p- provide a pathway for local filmmakers to enter the Oscars. Yes, and that, the, we know who the winner is now. It's Dive by Matthew Saville and Julia Parnell. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Um, the judges loved that film. They just um, raved about it. It's a film about a man who's having kind of a crisis in his life. And um, when he looks in the mirror, his, even his reflection is turning against him. And it's, it's kind of quirky and it's, it's visually beautiful and it's, it'll make you both laugh and cry. So, you know, that's, that's all you want, all you can ask for in a short film. Sounds like this morning when I woke up, I looked in the mirror and threw some water over my face, Gina. Hey, but listen, um, what I like about short, uh, Show Me Shorts Film Festival is that the short films, you know, because I have a attention span of a newt, and watching a movie like for one and a half hours or something, but with short movies, three-minute docos, seven-minute feature films, it's ideal. I love it. Yeah, I mean... The great thing is that we're able to offer eight short films in one session. So when they come along, people can experience um, some animation, a bit of documentary, some drama, and something that will make them really just belly laugh. Yeah. So like, people love the diversity of the programming. So that we have interesting themes that the films are put into. We have things like time travellers and in the neighbourhood. Um, My favourite, bromance. Oh, yeah, bromance. People are loving that one. 
one. But it's kind of like, yeah, a tribute to male friendship. Awesome. And speaking of top filmmakers, because we're talking about the inaugural uh, Music Video Award uh, category that you have, and uh, Sheepdog and Wolf took out that one with Glare. But it makes sense because a lot of the music videos these days are quite cinematic. They're almost like movie trailers. Um, do you have a favourite music video yourself you can reel off the top of your... Oh, tough question. Um, I just love all the music videos that got entered into the festival this year. Um, I love Glare by Sheepdog and Wolf. Any recommendation for you from you, Gina, before we go? Get into our peppermint tea. <laughs> um, Killing Philip with Cameron Rhodes is brilliant. Um, there's also a great comedy local short film called Snowmen with um, Greg Johnson and John Lee. Hilarious. These guys wake up in Antarctica hungover and then the rest of the film's about, about them figuring out how they got there and how they can get out again. It's, it, it's a great time. Um, Gina Dalabaka, pleasure to meet you and all the best for the rest of the festival. Thank you very much. My pleasure. If anyone wants to know more, showmeshorts.co.nz. Awesome. All right, let's go. Out of here. Okay, well, we lost our co-host, Jared. He's somewhere locked away in the Quick Flicks uh, vault watching movies. But I've got some special guests here with me today, uh, Vika Bull and Dion Hiridi. Welcome, guys. Kia ora. Kia ora. Kia ora, Dion. Kia ora. Kia ora. You're good, 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 very good. It's good you haven't lost all your, your nativeness uh, as we had a hongi over here. You've been in Australia for a while? Yes, 1976, left Auckland and moved over to Western Australia. And now, yeah, I've been coming back quite a bit between the years, but it's always good. This is actually my first gig back here in Auckland. So, yeah, it'll be great. It's I'm looking forward to it. And you, Vika, uh, you probably, people won't recognise your, your name, but they'll probably be you know, associated with Vika and Linda. Uh, and also The Sorrows as well from the 80s and 90s. Uh, is this your first time in, in New Zealand? Uh, no, I came here a little bit with The Black Sorrows yeah, back in the late 80s, early 90s. And then I've come here a couple of times with Linda. Um, but I haven't played in New Zealand for a long time. So I'm looking forward to the shows at the end of the month. Yeah, we are too. So you're here for At Last, the Ida James story. Um, I'm just going to run off some trivia. Just correct me if I'm wrong, guys, with the trivia. So Ida James, so I didn't really know much too much about her, so I had to Wikipedia on the way here, run a few red lights. But she uh, reputedly uh, was most happiest when she was on stage. Is that correct? I think that could be true. You could be, you'd be very accurate in saying that, yeah. Uh, Dion, she reputedly doesn't, didn't like Beyonce. Is that true? Um, there was the premiere that they did for Cadillac Records, the movie, and um, she did retract her, her statement uh, later on. Yeah, but um, I, I think they, I think eventually it was okay. I think what happened was was that um, yeah, Beyonce uh, played Etta in Cadillac Records, and then Etta James sang at last at Barack Obama's inauguration, and Etta got really quite cross about that because. You know, she she actually should have sung the song. I mean, it's her song. It's and uh, so she she publicly criticised her at that premiere premiere, um, criticised Beyonce for singing at last at his at Barack's inauguration, and then she apologised. It was kind of like a backhanded apology though, because she sort of ended up saying, "Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, but I still would have sung the song better." <laughs> Two divas in a room, man. That's just a, a cat fight right there. And also Swedish DJ Avicii. Most people will know her song. She's actually sampled in that uh, something has uh, got a hold of you. Oh yeah, she did. Yeah, um, yeah, with the guitar strum and all of that. Yeah, just a little section of it. And 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 also she was advised to dye her hair blonde because she had a quite a light complexion. 
Um, yeah, that. Well, is do, well, I don't know. Was that right? Yeah, yeah. A lot of I think I read her book Rage to Survive. She's got this fantastic uh, autobiography, Rage to Survive, and and I think you know in the South touring, a lot of people thought she was white because um, they think that her father was a white man, Minnesota Fats. They're not, we're not quite sure, and Ed is not quite sure, but she didn't meet him, and they looked at each other and had that knowing look that, okay, yeah, we feel the blood, we look a little bit alike. So, yeah, she was half white, and I think I think she could have gotten away with it, but when she opened her mouth, she sounded like a black woman, so that instantly gave her away. Mm. Well, I think it's quite the trend now, uh, dark folk uh, peroxiding their hair. Look at Terence Trent Darby. It's gone all right through vibrator, you know, the whole way. Yeah, that's caught on anyway, whatever Ed James started. Um, hey, listen, um, you're from a Tongan background, uh, Vika. Yes, I'm half Tongan. My mother is Tongan. Went to Australia in 1956, and um, yeah, I think I get my singing from her, yeah. listening to the Tongan choirs, and yeah. I was made to go to church, so I, I would listen to the choir and listen to the harmonies, and which I'm really grateful for now. At the time, I, I, I was bored out of my brain, because I actually, I actually really enjoyed the singing. It was more the, the sermon and the praying that I was bored with, but I actually really loved the singing, and I loved it when they used to come round to our house, you know, after we had barbecues and, and they'd sing their songs, their love songs. And, yep. and I still love the Tongan hymns, so... Mm. Okay. Now, that's funny because I read also that um, Edda James is one of your influences growing up musically and you're surrounded by gospel music in, in the church and your background. Uh, what was it like actually playing Edda James in, in the show? Has it been a, a kind of a dream come true? Uh, yeah, it, well, when I started singing professionally, I was introduced to Edda James um, by a musician in a band, a bass player I was playing in a band with, and he gave me her records and he could hear that I was a bit of a belter and he thought, oh, you might like Edda James, Vicky, you should, have you heard her? I said, no, I haven't. So he gave me all her records. I went home and listened to them and went, okay, this is the woman. This is the one that I, I want to copy and, and aspire to be, to sound like. So when I, you know... 30 years later, um, that was 30 years ago when I was first introduced to Edda James, so being asked to, to tell her story and sing 22 of her songs, it was a very, diff, very, it's a hard job, it's because she is my favourite singer and because she is one of the greatest singers ever, I, in my opinion, um, I wanted to make, sh- make sure that I could do it properly, tell it respectfully, because she's passed now, and... Um, yeah, but it is very tough because Edda had this amazing set of vocal cords that could you know, she could belt it out, be very strong, and then she could be very gentle and very, you know, but always with that emotion, you know, always singing with that feeling and that, that really rings true with people. I think it's something you can't fake. Yeah. She was, a, she was a, a matriarch and a diva in every sense of the word, and, and it had a bit of controversy as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. She liked her drugs. Yeah. Big time. Yeah, everything. Heroin, cocaine, yeah. alcohol. She did the lot. Yeah. And went to prison. Had health. Yeah. Went what was that deal? She, she went to the big house as well, Tarzana. Oh, yeah, she went to rehab. Oh, right, that helps. Yeah, and, you know, it got better and then relapsed and, yeah. and but survived and continued singing into her 70s. Mm. And now for you, Dion, you, you, you add the guitar smooth. Do you actually sing as well? With it? Yes, me and uh, Vicar do a duet uh, in the show. Um, uh, um, uh, roll with me, Henry. Dance with... No, what is it? No, it's not. It's I hope you guys get it right before the show night. No, no, we do um, Spoonful. Spoonful. I was thinking Sugar Spoonful. <laughs> Loving. <laughs> and... Um, 
Yeah, so and it's great. I, I love singing with Vicar. We've been singing together for ten years plus. Really? Yeah, so it's it's very natural on stage. Things happen in the moment, and we just go with it because you know, in the end, it'll all juncture up in the end. <laughs> it'll be it, right. it usually does end up okay. It's like, oh, how are we going to get out of this? So okay. <laughs> That's excellent. You talk about Dion Hirini and uh, Vicar Bull from uh, the well, Edda James at last show, which is coming up here in Auckland. Uh, right now, we're going to go interview with uh, what's his name, Eduardo Sanchez. He, have you seen the Blair Witch Project, Vicar? No, sorry. You, Dion. Um, the movie? It's, yeah, it's a yeah, movie, movie about yeah. camping? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember that, yeah. Is it really scary? Yeah, that's scary. One. No, no, I don't like scary movies. <laughs> anyway, he's just done a new Bigfoot movie that's come out called Exist. So we're just going to have an interview with him, and we'll be back with uh, Vicar and with Dion to talk about music in the 80s and 90s, straight after this. I went out and I bought one of these bad boys. We're going to have the best YouTube video ever. Looks like a little love walk going on. I shouldn't be shooting this. What the hell was that? There's something over there! We ran across that ridge right there. Hello? Let's go back. I think we did something to him. So no one knows we're here? No. Okay, we're talking to the director from the new uh, Bigfoot movie called Exists, Eduardo Sanchez. Good morning, Eduardo. I'm here with uh, Jared this morning. Buenos dias, Eduardo. Thanks for having me on. Eduardo, we, the movie was hairy scary, and we mean that in the most congenial way. Um, uh, you're a bit of a supernaturalist where you read, and also you love a good conspiracy theory. Um, we're just wondering, how did you come up for the idea to make a movie about Bigfoot? Well, you know, I've been... Uh, I've been a Bigfoot movie, you know, fan for many years, and uh, ever since I was a little kid, and uh, I've been kind of uh, freaked out by this thing for for a long time. So, as we all uh, have, it, it was, yeah, it was something that you know just inspired me as a kid, and I've always wanted to make a, a Bigfoot movie, and uh, and I got a chance to. Uh, and this is actually the third Bigfoot. Uh, project that I've been involved with, and we finally got it financed, and uh, we got it on the screen, and uh, yeah, we're really happy about it. Well, I'll tell you, we were hanging on the edge of our uh, bike seats with our GoPro cameras as well on that one. Um, Jared, I think you have a question for Eduardo. Uh, thank you, Wal. Yes, I I do have a question for you, Eduardo. Um, now, in- interesting story, but um, you were saying that you had uh, a boyhood dream of following uh, making a movie of Sasquatch and now that reminds me that right here in New Zealand we also have a director who, who followed a boyhood dream and that's our own Peter Jackson who of course dreamed about making King Kong and when he grew up and he had enough cash he did and, and you're the same you've grown up and you've finally got to make your movie The Sasquatch oh yeah yeah absolutely I mean um I feel very fortunate. I didn't. I didn't do my Bigfoot movie quite at the scale that Peter Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> right, you are. Oh yeah, I definitely do. Definitely. Hey, listen, Eduardo. We'd like to extend myself and Jared. Would like to extend a warm uh, New Zealand uh, traditional welcome for you. Uh, and uh, we we also have a couple of uh, local legends as well that you might be interested in. Uh, one of them is our version of the Loch Ness monster called the Tanifa, and also we have a prehistoric ostrich that roams the land called the Moa. 
Um, would you be interested in, in, in coming to New Zealand to make a movie? Yeah, absolutely. That's really interesting. Actually, there's, um, we, uh, I mean, look, we, because of Mark Ardassi, uh we've definitely talked about going to New Zealand a lot. And I haven't been to New Zealand. I've, I've been to Australia, but my, uh, you know, my partners that's been to New Zealand, they, they just, you know, they love it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, one of my life goals on, on my bucket list, hopefully, you know, I won't have to wait that long, but is to shoot something in New Zealand, you know. Hey, listen, uh, thanks for joining us again. Eduardo Sanchez, uh, director from The Movie Exists, which opens up here November 13th, I believe. Um, you're also quite busy. You keep yourself busy. You just uh, Your episode that you've directed for um, the El Rey series from Dust to Dawn has just aired in the States. And also, you've also directed the first four episodes of my new favourite TV show, uh, which is about a ghost machine called Intruders. Yeah, yeah you like it? I love it. Love the show. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was, uh, it was a great opportunity because I did the first four episodes, so you know, I was really kind of instrumental in kind of setting the tone. But uh, we got that in Vancouver, and, you know, just great crews and, you know, great production team and uh, great writer, you know, uh, uh, Glenn Morgan from X-Files wrote it. And, uh, yeah, it's a really interesting show. You know, definitely the, uh, the Intruders show is something <laughs> we're definitely digging. Well, I am anyway. I don't know about Jared. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm keeping an eye on it, looking out for it. Is what I mean by that. Hey, Eduardo, if you ever need a cabin to crash out on uh, in, in in the middle of the woods, um, me and Jared have got your back. Yeah, right down here in the big Aotearoa. Yeah, you know, uh, absolutely. Uh, I'll, I'll look you guys up. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Oh, Eduardo Sanchez, director of the new Bigfoot movie, Sasquatch movie, exists. Thanks for joining us this morning. It's been a real pleasure, Eduardo, to talk to you, um, and you sound like a fantastic guy. And, yeah, take us up on that offer. Come down to New Zealand, see us. We're, we're, we're hoping that you will. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Top notch, Eduardo. Talk to you later. Ka kite anō. Ka kite anō. Uncle Bob! Uh, it's Matt! Gonna... We're at the cabin! We're back after talking about Bigfoot and hairy stuff like Sasquatches and Yetis, but we're closer to home, no mystery. We've got Vicar and Dion uh, from the Edda James show at last, showing here November 28 in Auckland. We're all excited whoop, whoop, about it. Um, listen, Vicar, you've got a quite illustrious career CV, played with John Farnham, Hunters and Collectors, um, everybody that's on there, probably Christine Anu as well. Uh, yeah, I've done a couple of gigs with Christine, we've toured, toured a little bit, but... um. I haven't seen her recently, but uh, yeah, in, when she first started, her early, her early part of her career. So yeah, I mean, you know, I've been in the business thirty-one yeah. years now, so it's like, you know, you get to meet everyone eventually. Maybe even Obama sometime soon. Um, maybe even Obama. Yeah, I, I, I would like to meet him, but I wouldn't know what to say. No, exactly. Well, but you've got um, your career for Africa of, of musical endeavours. Um, one of them that caught my eye is um, around about that time in the 80s and early 90s, there were Australian bands like uh, Romeo Void and Hunters and Collectors, and even here in New Zealand with the Mockers and Exponers, um, you know, um, 
everybody. Mark Williams was around. I think he might have been Australian then. Um, was it an exciting time for you, music, um, doing Vicar Linda and, and playing with uh, Joe Camilleri and those guys? Yeah, it, well, it was. Ex- Linda and I were fresh out of school then, so we just finished school and then we got into a band and then all of a sudden we're just thrown in at the deep end and taken overseas and and we're touring, working six nights a week. So it was very fast for us and kind of didn't realise what was happening. And, you know, did get to meet a lot of great bands like the Divinals and, and, and you know, and just didn't really realise what was going on until it was like, oh, okay, it passed. And it was like... Okay, that happened, and and it was it was exciting because we were um, we, I think because we were so young and and not not so scared. Like I think as you get older, you tend to get a little scared of things, maybe taking risks. And I think when you're young, you're just like woohoo, let's you know let's do this. We're the first ones to come up with this, and it's like hello, no, not really. What about you, Dion? Were you doing the old lasso and, and, and whooping and wi- wiring as well when you're playing guitar in those early years? I think I cut my teeth uh, around uh, the late 80s, early 90s, and just same thing. I was doing 11 gigs a week at one stage, just going from one to the next and jumping over. I did that for about two, three years um, in all different formats. And when I moved to Melbourne in 93, I was ready for it, you know, I was... Um, I was ready to go to the next level, and uh, and it was it was good. Did the same thing in Melbourne. I actually really enjoyed being a little fish in a big pond, rather than you, you know it's that's it, it makes you strive harder. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I definitely can understand that. Yeah, and and for you, Vicar, just um, musically, who's been one of your your big stars that you've really idolised or looked up to, Australian or, or Kiwi? Uh, 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 over the years, somebody sort of mentored you, or you, you've been close with. Well, okay. uh, yeah, well, I have to say, Tim Finn. Really? Yeah, he helped Linda and I a lot when in the early uh, in the early stages of our career. Tried to help us write. We went to his place and made an album, and and so he was great. And Paul Kelly, he's been really great for me and Linda too. Helped us a lot. Uh, Joe Camilleri. Yeah, so yeah, um, so th- those musicians were very generous. You know, really really looked after us so I'm very grateful to them Mm. It's been very nice talking to you Vicar and Dion Uh, coming up Edda James Story at last November 28 are you guys pumped for it? Oh yeah I'm really looking forward to coming to New Zealand I've wanted to come here and bring this show here for a long time Sounds like it's going to be awesome you don't have to peroxide you here for the part do you? You know I did think about it but I hear it's a very painful process then I thought about getting That's how I lost my hair Is it? Doing it blonde? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, then I thought about a wig, and then I thought, no, I just look ridiculous. I'm just going to leave my, my black fro. That'll do. Awesome. <laughs> That's very cool. Dion and Vicar uh, from Edda James Story at last. Uh, great to have you with us, talking with us. All the best for your time in Auckland. Hopefully it'll get a bit warmer for you. Thanks, Wal. That was great. You're welcome. Cheers, Dion. Thanks very much, Wal. And we're out of here. Okay, guys, we'll catch you guys next time. See you later.